Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. like that. The final hour is here for the Wednesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton with Row across the Outkick Network. Fast show today, Jeff. That's our goal every day. Lightning quick. It's good. Lightning fast show. That's, that is the goal every day. Outkick Network, Make Outkick. Make sure we get people to their evenings as quickly as possible. Right. Or uh, if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you for that as well. Uh, coming up and debuting tomorrow, a new morning show here across the Outkick Network. Outkick the morning with Charlie Arnold. Debuts tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern, 8 a.m. Eastern, on OutKick. You can get that through the network, Facebook, Twitter X, YouTube, and uh, through socials. Uh, you'll certainly be able to find the link. 8 o'clock Eastern, tomorrow morning. Check out Charlie Arnold's, uh, Charlie's new show, OutKick the Morning. And uh, can't wait for that. Uh, then, of course, Dockage, Tommy, us, and all the great podcasts available at OutKick.com. Charlie, Dan... Long break, us, Tommy. That's right. Right? In that order? Yeah. There we go. And get them on demand uh, at YouTube. Um, Chad. Get your morning set and your evening set. We're, we're part of the afternoon evening set. All right. So how do you – you just mentioned the, the lineup there. Whenever it's game day mm-hmm. on Saturday, how do you keep up with the games, kickoff times, when to switch over, when not to – um, I, I think there needs to be a better format produced for the casual, common football fan to just flip the channels and find what you need to find. And I'm saying that from like an app perspective or an update where you get an alert. Um, because I don't. You're talking about the pre-show. No, not pre-show. Stuff or just no, no. when the games. Are, oh, I, I'm saying that shows you when to go to a game. That's, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's because actually really. If I'm not see, I, that's why I'm on Twitter X all the time is because of the news, the live tweets, and the alert. More or less, other media members are telling me, fans are telling me, when to flip over. I think there should be an app that just automatically does this. It's just like when to go to the bathroom when you're watching a movie. Yeah. If we know of that, put it in the chat on YouTube. Well, if you're not... So, there are games I'm intently watching. The you know, biggest game of the weekend. Yeah. When my team's playing, I'm more into it watching. But for the most part, I think I'm probably not unlike a lot of people... Watching the game, also watching the ticker on the bottom. Watching the scrolling scores on the bottom as I'm watching the game. So my method is if I see a game that is surprisingly close, I just look up where it is, where it's being played, and I turn to it and watch some of that if my game's not as interesting. But even at so the I'm stadium, constantly following the ticker to see where to go to. I'm at Bryant-Denny Stadium Saturday. I'm not watching you know, in the suite. I'm not watching the TV all the time. But I'm also, I don't have great cell phone reception. It's hard to, but I'm all, I'm trying to stream games on my phone at the same time. I don't know. It, we, I need a better method based on the uh, the devices that we have. Chad, um, devices. We've got the uh, the casual fans. Doesn't matter who you're a fan of. You would wake up on game day and watch college game day. And now we have options. Now we have big noon kickoff. And in week two, the schedule is vastly different than week one with Dion and Colorado winning 
They now host Nebraska. And now we also have Alabama hosting Texas. College game day against Big Noon kickoff. Hutton, one quick thing on your question about how to follow games. Um, I don't know. We need something like this on television or on your phone. Yeah. But Sirius XM, quick plug. I think it's College Nation or College Football Nation. Yeah, yeah. They do basically the red zone of college football, and they just go to local broadcast. So if I'm ever running errands on a Saturday, I go to that because they'll have a Is guy in a studio that says, now we're going to send you out to Champaign, Illinois, where Toledo is driving. Three minutes left in the second quarter. We go there courtesy of IMG Sport, whatever, and then they go to the, the broadcast. It's really cool. But there you go. There's your solution. We need a college football red zone. For the device in my pocket. We need the NFL version of red zone in your pocket. And they've got ESPN for goal college line, football. But again, like I, I, I don't Something want to just that, sit and watch that. But a I want, central... I want the alert to tell me, click here to stream yeah. this finish or whatever. Uh, instead of just seeing the highlight package after the game's over. Central location, central host that sends you out to games as they're close yes. or as someone is driving. Yeah. My NBA rule. Three that's minutes or what less. We, that's what we need. I, I, I'm with you on that. I'd be all for it. Maybe you have a method on how you watch your morning college football pregame shows. ESPN College Game Day is an absolute monster. And I think it's one of the most well-produced, best shows, uh, longest running now, continuous sports shows that we've seen for a while. I love ESPN College Game Day. I think adding Pat McAfee was a good move. Um, I think the the three hours of it now is, is a good move, getting an, an earlier start going from 9 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Central, starting the show then. But Fox Big Noon kickoff is coming. And I'm not saying this because we're in part owned by Fox. I'm saying this because they're going directly at ESPN with some of their hires. Chris Bear felica coming over from ESPN. Uh, Tom Rinaldi a couple of years ago. I, honestly, I, I think David Pollock would have been a nice pickup for Fox if you're looking to wage war even more with ESPN after he was laid off at, at, on college game day, who I thought he did a good job on college game day, that he could be a part of the show in some way. But this weekend stands to be the biggest battle and the biggest test for big noon kickoff yet because they've got the Coach Prime effect. Deion Sanders, home opener in Boulder, Colorado, show is live from there as they get ready to take on Nebraska. You've got ESPN College Game Day in Tuscaloosa for Texas, Alabama. Now, if this was a different weekend and there was a bit of a lesser game on ESPN, I think it would be much more of a fair fight and we might see Fox actually have bigger ratings. I don't know that that's going to be the case based on week one and ESPN having 900,000 more viewers than Fox had. Again, ESPN gets the hour head start. The other side of this is there are people, as we just talked about, affected by this charter spectrum um, dispute between ESPN, between Disney and that those cable companies. So I'm fascinated to watch this, see how it plays out, see if Fox can make up ground throughout the year. Because I think the way Fox has gone about it, they're not trying to steer away from what ESPN College Game Day does. They're, they're not reinventing the wheel. They're trying to improve upon that wheel. College Game Day is that wheel, Right. We're just getting tricked out with Fox over here and putting some new spokes on it and doing some different things to it to try to help that wheel. But what we have right now are two really good shows. Uh, and as a college football fan that likes both of them, that will record both every week and go back and watch different pieces from both, I think it's terrific. Clay said it very well, that competition helps out the, the viewer and the consumer. 
I think this is a competition, and now it's becoming more of a legitimate competition, that's only going to serve the college football fan. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to watch, and then to watch the ratings after to see if Fox can surpass ESPN College Game Day for one week upcoming this Saturday. How much of it is about the atmosphere, where they are located, versus the hosts and the production value of the show itself? Because with game day, the promotion and the decision on where they're going weekly matters to a fan base. Absolutely. Matters to, a, to just the average college fan. Yeah. And who the guest picker is going to be. You know, who's arriving on campus. They go to Appy State a year ago, and Luke Combs is there, you know, decked out and making his picks for the week. Well, they keep showing Montana, Montana State. They were at a year ago in the snow and ice. And they're wearing, you know, big um, jet, big coats and cowboy hats. And that's something they continue to show also. It's not just the biggest environments, sometimes the most unique, like you mentioned with App State and, and Montana a year ago. Yeah, so I, the, I, I do think that matters. But at the same time, you tend to lean towards the thoughts, opinions of those who you relate to, that, that you connect with, that you follow. And I... I think it just simply comes down to can you break the the habits and the mold of the average common fan just flipping to college game day as you sit down for your college Saturday experience. You know, if you're if you're looking to burn they're leading into the eleven AM kickoff, your your game's at two thirty, your game's at six PM, but you're just you know, you've got some time on your Saturday before you go about whatever you're doing for the weekend and you've got to choose. How do you just break the habit of just hitting the three numbers on the remote or going to the app that you've always done in, in, instead of, you know what, this show's better? Yeah. The only way to do it is to have, to me, it's, it's the Dion effect. It really is. Look at the numbers for Colorado TCU and the numbers that you referenced for Big Noon Kickoff. And you've got that, plus you end up with Michigan, Ohio State, and other things down the road. Uh, that's why you would tune in because you're already going to be watching the game that's about to happen. I think Fox is well-produced and a really good show. It is. But they have a lot of ground to make up with that environment. When, when they go on campus, it's not the same as college game day coming to your city. I know there's a new singer to that song now in the open, but multiple. it's not the same, right? It's but, just, it, it's not, it's not, and, it, and that's, and there's no way to make that up, right? Like we talked about Bob Barker earlier. Price is Right has been on in this new version since 1972. If there was a new daytime syndicated show on NBC in that time slot, that show could be as well-produced and be as good as Price is Right with a great host, and it's going to be tough to replace the Price is Right. Well, college game day is the Price is Right. Yes. When college game day is coming to your campus, the institution. I mean, it's, a, it's a big deal. When I was in school, it was a big deal if college game day was going to be in town, right? So it's tough to replace that atmosphere. But I do think for one week, because Deion Sanders has become such a celebrity, yes, that he's going to bring in eyeballs that weren't on college football Saturday morning pregame shows before. So if you can do that, maybe you can turn the tide, no pun intended, a little bit with college game day as they're at Alabama watching the tide take on the Texas Longhorns. I just want to watch it this one weekend. I just think there are certain inherent advantages of an ESPN college game day and the head start they got on Fox and everyone else, that's never going to go away. And they're really good at what they do. They've done it forever. Kirk Herbstreit's great. 
Lee Corso, I feel bad for the poor guy, but he's going to do it as long as he wants. Well, I mean, Kirk Herbstreit now is serving as an interpreter yeah. because he, he can barely speak at times, but that's his choice to do it. I, I feel awful for him watching it. I, I'll say this, too. That hire is going to be one of the most important hires in ESPN history. Whoever they hire to replace Lee Corso in that coach's chair, that's going to be the next guy to do it. I mean, we could throw out you know possibilities of who would make sense. Um, I, I'll give a I'll, current coach. I'll tell you one right now. If Mac Brown retires, I think a Mac Brown would be good in that seat. Nick Saban would be the dream candidate. But I see. I wonder. I, I love this. This is like pulling up a a bar stool uh, here yeah. at Sixth and Peabody and chatting. Um, I, w- I wonder. Let, let us too, know in the YouTube chat too who you think would be a good replacement for Lee Corso. Well, from from the college hoops perspective, there are coaches who bailed based on the current landscape, NIL, portal, all that. Right? They just didn't like where it was headed. They had enough. Is there that coach in college football that is ingrained where they are that is ready to get out because it's just not for them? You know, they're not the lifer that they thought they were because of where we're headed in the, well, the pay-for-play. I'll play, go ahead and say, the, the, uh, let me tell you, the, let me tell you the obvious one that we're all thinking about right now when you bring that up. Dabo Sweeney. Who apparently hates college football now the way he talks about it and the direction it's going. See, I don't think that... Would that, he be a good enough character to put in that spot and do the, the so. helmet, the, the headgear pick at the end and everything else? But, you're, I mean, it, it's got to be... You're absolutely right on the name recognition and the star power. Uh, like, I'm thinking of like the the character of Kiffin and Gundy, but I don't think Gundy pulls that same response. Yeah, right? that's, like, that's the problem is you got to find someone that's not in coaching right now or that would leave or that's retired. But then the retired guy's like, okay, you're going to bring on someone in their 70s right. to start that job. And that would be Nick Saban if they were able to land him after he retired. Yeah, but that, who knows when that is? Ed Ogeron? I would love that, but, it, I mean, you have to be able to understand him. Well, you I mean, a translator. you can't understand Lee Corso right now either. Well, for Kirk, different Kirk reasons. Kirk Street is, is his translator. Yeah, but they would be intentionally hiring Ed O. I mean, yeah. again, that's entertainment, but I don't know if it's the same thing. And, and he would roll with anything. Uh, he's not going to be yeah. anti-whatever, right? I, I mean, I love You're Corso. right. I, I love that. I, I, love, I still love the helmet picks. It's goofy. Yeah. But I still get excited about it, and I the laugh. Mascots. And just showing, I was watching the start of it, that they lead in at like 7.58 with a little peek in or 7.55 on game day. And Herb Street does the thing where he's getting the crowd riled up, and he's he- handing the helmets from the in front of the desk to Lee Corso, who's displaying <laughs> the helmets to the crowd behind them. And I'm like, man, this is just football. This is Americana. I, I love this stuff. So I'm going to be sad to not see Lee Corso as a part of the show what, anymore. What if they don't replace him? Yeah, just have the because he's not a massive part of their show right now. Permanent Lee Corso memorial seat, maybe or just they they. Well, it's becoming much more of a Pat McAfee show, right? So maybe you know, they just leave it like that. I think you need a coaching element though to it. I, I think that'd be a mistake. I, I like having a former coach as a part of it, like a Lee Corso. Well, you have you could have the former coach, but it's not the Corso replacement. It's like. A portion of the show, but not the not the face. He's not one of the the faces. Um, but that's that's the other opportunity to step in and, and take over if you're a big noon kickoff, right? 
Well, I, look, I, I'm not a Urban Meyer fan. That's pretty out there and stated. Uh, he's very good when he's talking about the game mm-hmm. and talking about what he's seeing and talking about what to tell a team uh, yeah. in different times. He's very compelling. You want you want I can, a version. I can watch and listen to him. He's you, good on TV. Honest. You want Sean Payton. You want you want that version of Sean Payton, right? Like someone's just going to tell you how it is and what he's feeling. Yeah. Um, we'll and, come and, up but, with a we'll perfect the gimmick, answer. But can also play the gimmick role, too. Yeah. That's hard to find. We'll come up with the perfect answer of who that person should be on College Game Day. Hit us up with your thoughts I, as well I, in the chat. I think Mac Brown immediately. Like, to, to just a, a enormously likable dude. What about Spurrier? That would get along. Spurrier's a great one, too. Spurrier and would be terrific. He may be all you need. Steve Spurrier. He'd fire people up. And he would roll with the punches and be your clown if you if you needed but one. But do you want to go that old if you're replacing Lee Corso? That would be the next big question, right? Or go younger with someone. Coming up, college football playoff expansions is a good thing until what I saw week one. That's next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us. Wednesday edition, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, Travis Kelsey, questionable. We don't know uh, his status as he goes into Thursday night, the opener tomorrow for the NFL. Kansas City and Detroit. The Lions in primetime windows. And they're on the road at Arrowhead. Kelsey, uh, a bone bruise. That's what his brother Jason referred to it as when he did radio this morning in Philadelphia and said he expects him to try to play. Travis Kelsey hasn't missed a game since his rookie season in 2013 due to injury. He has missed games, but that's been because they've sat him going into the postseason with the win total being what it was in the final week. Uh, Other uh, injury updates. Cooper Cup ruled out for the Rams. They'll take on the Seahawks in week one, so... Um, he's out with the hamstring issue. He could go to IR, uh, and that may, in fact, happen today as the, the end of business, close of business in the NFL uh, takes place. We'll see. And uh, Nick Bosa is back in the mix, expected to play uh, for San Francisco. Not expected, will. 
Um, he's healthy and he's wealthy. Highest paid defensive player in healthy NFL and history. At $34 million per season average over a five year agreement. $170 million uh, is the total value. $122.5 is the fully guaranteed value of the contract uh, for the reigning defensive player of the year. So he had like 19 sacks or something. Then he was injured in 2021, came back and got the, the big time payday uh, after the defensive player of the year status. Does, does Travis Kelsey not playing in this game, if that's what ends up happening? I know it's affected the line by a half a point to a point. Hutton, does it change your thoughts on who's going to win this game? No, I still think Kansas City wins this game. Um, I, I think they're... It, Mahomes, so they last year they traded at the deadline uh, for Kadarius Tony, and you know he had been hurt. He hadn't done anything with the Giants. They trade for him, and he's in the mix in the postseason. He does a little bit, but not much. Uh, scores in the Super Bowl. I think he's a big part of their plan now. They have Sky Moore, who didn't have a great rookie season, but there's high expectations, and he can fly. And then Marcus Val- uh, Valdez Scantling is the, the third option paired with Kelsey. They've got to have some semblance of a run game too, but it's Mahomes against Goff. And I, I realize like the, the Lions should be really good. That they, they're on the scene and they have a chance to win their division and go back to the postseason. I just don't think you open up with a victory over Kansas City, um, especially given the fact that they're rocking and rolling on, on high, high cylinders and, and knowing that uh, while I, I know that the old adage is that some really bad teams in NFL history win in week one because that awful coaching staffs have all offseason to prepare once the schedule's released. That's true. Good coaching staffs have the same option. And Andy Reid will have a plan for, for Detroit's defense. That wasn't so great a year ago. I can't wait. E- either way, we are close to making it all happen. So I'm excited. Chad, um, so the detriment, the, the death knell, the fear that you're a fan of a team that loses in week one of the college football season and you have this gut feeling that just drops that what you had been hoping for, what had been hyped, what had been expected is no longer available to you. And that's the college football playoff. It's also so long. The offseason's so long to get to that one game and then fall I, off a cliff I'm, with a loss. I, I'm thinking about this this weekend and then again on Monday where LSU is manhandled by Florida State. LSU fans, Brian Kelly is at the podium admitting all of this. Never saw this coming, given the fact that this is an LSU team that played for the SEC championship game against Georgia. High expectations in year two. Bringing back your quarterback. Bringing back several playmakers. And then you get pushed around by the Seminoles. Clemson loses to Duke. And their top players at quarterback and running back are fumbling the football exchange. They're having kicks blocked. Uh, on, on the screen, it looks like the size and speed is virtually the same against the Duke Blue Devils. You have this awful feeling that your expectations are dashed. Both preseason top tens, by the way, LSU and Clemson. You have that feeling, though, because of the four-team format for a national championship. If this were next season and there's a 12-team playoff, and there will be, 
you're really thinking, well, we can't have that same slip up again, but the conference play is still in front of us. And you can think that now. Conference play is still in front of us. We can afford another loss, even though we looked this bad in week one, and we can still get in on the back end of a playoff game. We're not going to get the bye, but we're going to get in. That's still your hope. That's your mentality. Instead of just the punishing blow that you don't feel like you have a shot right now. I will miss that because in, in watching the, the, the magnitude of certain games in the NFL, it is a, you feel like if you're a massive fan of said team, every game is extremely important. And every game early in college football seasons isn't necessarily that way. It's only going to get worse if the scheduling doesn't change. The fact that Clemson and Duke are playing and the fact that we're seeing LSU and Florida State, that's great. I want more of that. But there has to be some, there has to be a guardrail. There has to be some agreement across the Power Five, Power Four, whatever, that you're not going to take advantage of the scheduling that's right there in front of you based on if you're playing a nine game, an eight game, whatever the rules are in your conference. The 12-game playoff extension is a massive advantage for conferences that are deep, that could have two, three losses, Chad, and still know at the end of the season their ranking could be much higher than a one- or two-loss team in a different conference, all because they actually scheduled out of conference a matchup that wasn't to their advantage, and they lose, and they're ridiculed in week one for it. I want better scheduling, and it's absolutely, uh, it, it is necessary that we have it in a 12-team playoff. Right now, I would prefer week one be much better than it was, but Chad, we, it, it's still detrimental for the good games we did see. It's got to be so much better starting next season if we can get there with a 12-team advantage. Because it, it, week one, to me, won't have that same feeling, the same impact that that fans are feeling today, calling for coaches' jobs. Well, the stakes of a college football season are so huge. And every game within that season, it just feels big and bigger because it is. It's the longest offseason to get there. I say this all the time. You get 12 games. 12 right. games and that's it. So if you're LSU or Clemson today, you're praying for that 12-team playoff, right? That, that you're thinking, you're man, that we're – we can get better. We saw it a year ago, especially for LSU. We got better and better as the year went on. We beat Alabama late in the year. All is not lost. We can still make this playoff and go on a run. And those are the expectations at an LSU or a Clemson. Not everywhere, but at those schools, the expectation is let's get to the playoffs. Let's win a conference and or national championship. Lose that first game, it feels like the end of the world. 14 playoff, it kind of is the end of the world. I, I like that. Um, to an extent, I don't want the stakes of college football to go away. But, man, I'm with you. I, I see this first weekend, and I see a, way too much of um, Auburn or Ole Miss and Mercer yeah. and Georgia and UT Martin. Uh, I see too much Wisconsin, Buffalo on the schedule. There's too many of those games sprinkled in with a, a few of those big North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida State, LSU. This week's going to have some impactful non-conference games also. But 
I don't think that the 12-team playoff is going to completely eliminate those stakes that we feel, well, even in week one of college football, for this reason. And just looking at week, week one, when you get to the start of the season, media doesn't even know because these coaches show nothing. Well, so when you finally ha- get to see a, a team in the first game, it feels like there's some finality to it because, oh my gosh, I've had this much expectation all offseason and this optimism about this, and then we saw this team play – and it's more of the same, or it's not as good as I thought. So people feel awful about it. Two thoughts. First, if you want to play uh, directional school of your choosing, can we make that a preseason scrimmage? Can we make that a, I'd rather a, a that televised? The, I'd rather that be the spring game. Or, or do that after the spring game, but also have something. No, not even have a spring game. P- make the spring game. The scrimmage? FCS team in-state versus major power in-state. And, and I would also... Say, if networks want programming, they want inventory, have a preseason game so you actually see this team. And then just simply schedule Power 5 or or a super conference, whatever it gets to. I don't think we'll get to that. I know some coaches love that idea, some don't. Here's my other pitch, and this would work because it would be vastly different this week in the rankings. Get rid of the preseason top 25s altogether. Where would Colorado be now if they're just squeaking in to the top 25 now based on what we've seen? Where would they be this week if there were were no rankings going into the week? Where would Florida State be if there were no rankings going into the week? USC. Clemson, though, in a 12-team playoff, still feels like they can get in because of where they were preseason ranked. They're not dropping that far compared to the team moving up that still has a long path to get to the top 12. They're they're, they're probably falling in the middle of that team that impressed you versus the teams that should have won and did win when they played the directional schools in week one. Get rid of the top 25 and don't release any rankings until we see every game in week one. To me, that impacts the team as well because Clemson would be starting out further in the back compared to where they were. LSU, same way. They'll be starting out like they were a year ago because they lost to Florida State the way they did, and we saw it, instead of assuming it was the team from last year that played in Atlanta for the title game in the SEC. Can we get rid of the rankings preseason? Yeah, I'm for that. I think it also, it sometimes benefits you. Colorado's an example they get more shine off of that win because TCU had a preseason ranking. And I watch TCU and I think that's a good win. That's a great win for Colorado to get me wrong. I don't know that TCU is that good. Well, TCU's they lost a ton off that team a year ago and they could be riding in on their reputation from last year's team. I, I think we have a, have but a that's, to your point that they shouldn't be ranked either. Right. If we're starting with no rankings, top 25, not a preseason top, because the, if you're voting on the preseason, correct me if you, if, if you're voting on the preseason, you're setting your expectations for every program. Absolutely. And then you're basing, Co- you're basing get- a loss on the perception that you set before you, before you saw them play. So if you just have a perception, if you just admit, we can crumble this up and we can throw it away after week one, Colorado is far better than 24th or wherever they're ranked this well, week. Well, coaches compared get fired to where they were. because of preseason rankings. And what I mean by that is when you're put in the top 10 – and you lose seven games or six games, that speeds up the process because you're now under-delivering 
even if you were never really a top but, 10 but team. But now you're delivering because you're in the playoff if you're a top 10 team. If you slip to 10th and you were yeah, a top five. But, but I'm saying the preseason. You're talking about preseason rankings. I'm saying coaches would be for this. Because well, the, 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 there's always a team that's putting the top 10, top 15 that doesn't go to a bowl. But, okay. And that coach ends up getting fired. But I think the vast majority of the coaches that are ranked preseason top 10 prefer the way it is because if they lose early on in they the 12-team format, they're going to be close enough to yeah, make a run at the end. Dropping to 13th isn't a big deal. You don't feel, like you, you don't feel the devastation right. like you do now. Uh, Brian Kelly at the podium postgame is saying, like, I, I, this was abysmal, right? Like, I don't know if you have that same detriment um, and maybe you do, but it's, it's not the uh, NFL coaches are not going to the podium with the same type of mentality. You know, they're, they're pissed, but they're not acting like we got to go back to the drawing board after week one. And it's, it's college coaches it's are different. because of the four team format and the expectations at Louisiana state university compared to Missouri. Yeah. And I, I like, I like part of that. I don't want anyone to feel like their season's over after one game because it's not. Because even with LSU, Clemson, teams we're talking about now, there's plenty left to play for, and they could theoretically win yeah. out and, and be in the playoffs and, and be for, fun. I'm with you on that. But I, I said that last week. I, I felt like the loser isn't devastated, but Brian Kelly certainly looked that way. Let's just we, – we've talked about a lot of – this has been a lot of nuance in this conversation, which is great. I want to end with this. The 12-team college football playoff is going to be awesome. Oh, it's I, And it's better for the sport. I want it. Regardless if it changes what we think about a team after week one because they lose or not, the ultimate end product is going to be terrific for the sport. Totally agree. Uh, I hope it also means better scheduling because it's not as detrimental if you lose the game. I Instead of padding a record. I, I think it will. To make your case to the committee. With some programs it will. Coming up, we uh, discuss the NFL and injury reports and quarterbacks that are going to play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Glad you've been with us today. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Hit us up on YouTube, socials, outkick.com as well. Fast show. Really uh, fast. Thanks to our guests. Hutton and I had Dockage, a fantasy football draft Sean last Merriman night. Sean Merriman and Clay Travis. Yeah, I was at dinner and it kept uh, going <laughs> in and out. Were you actually picking? I was trying to, yeah. Or did it just go with the top? No, uh, I was trying to pick it. Some of my picks were auto-draft because yeah. I couldn't log in fast enough or whatever. It was a 30-second clock. Yeah, And it was with uh, some of the people here at Old Smokey and Yeehaw. And I texted one of the guys, Preston here at Old Smokey, and said, man, you just took, I think it was Tyler Higby in oh, one of the okay. later rounds. I had him queued up. I'm like, no one's going to take him. He's like 25 spots down. I need a tight end. 
And I thought he took him right before me, but the draft was going so quick. I said, man, you got my guy Higby. He said, yeah, that wasn't me. So there was a, there was a pick. He had the pick, then someone else took him, and then it went to me. But it was fast and furious in that, that fantasy draft. Fun Joe, times. Joe Burrow went quickly, and uh, for good reason. Even if he was going to miss week one, he's not going to. He's, he's back, he's baby. Ready to go. Full participant in practice today, uh, coming back from the calf injury. I point this out because of what pro football doc, Dr. David Child, told us the day it happened, day two of camp. The calf issues, they linger, and you have to be past it. You've got to be 110% feeling like it, you're, you're okay before you press go because then you can re-injure and that can linger throughout the season instead of just it not being an issue. I don't know where they are with that because they have Trevor Simeon as their backup. They need Joe Burrow. They, they will play the Cleveland Browns to begin the uh, season, uh, big divisional game in week yeah. one. Well, let's hope he's ready to go and doesn't re-injure it because we all want to see Joe Burrow play. That division is loaded. Yes. And uh, not loaded is the Arizona Cardinals roster. The quarterback they traded for just a couple of weeks ago, Joshua Dobbs, according to Ian Rappaport, He's their starter this Sunday against the Washington Commanders over uh, a several options, but it was Clayton Toon, the fifth-round rookie, that would, would have been the starter for Arizona over Josh Dobbs had they decided to go with a quarterback that had been in camp the entire time. Kyler Murray starts the season on the physically unable to perform list. There are those that believe he will not play at all this season that they're trying to get rid of him and not pay him the injury guarantee. He's owed quite a bit of money this year, but not nearly the $95 million upwards of that number if he comes back and gets hurt prior to the start of next year, uh, league year, if he's hurt this season. So they may find a way to just keep him on PUP. It will not shock me in the least if one of those crazy week one upsets is Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals over the Commanders. We see it every year with a team that you know is going to do nothing the rest of the year, but they score a big win in week one. That could very well be Dobbs and the Cardinals. I wasn't following this. I'd be fascinated. Clayton Toon, if he's the starter versus Dobbs, how much the line changes for Washington? That's a good question. Uh, probably not at all. Yeah. I think they're both being respected about the same, same amount by Vegas. I think Vegas views them both uh, equally, which is not good NFL starting Probably, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, Decent backup. Chad, um, ESPN, and they made the right call here. They're not adding a third host for Manning cast on Monday night. It's still P Peyton and Eli. I don't know why they would mess with something that was working so well. Well, it was, it was a big promo to set up a huge video that was a, a complete joke throughout. The video is incredible. Uh, Omaha Productions put this thing together, and I mean, it has cameos from, I'm sure we can't play it because it's a property of ESPN, but they played, um, they had cameos from Reese Witherspoon, Mike Tyson, Kirk Cousins, uh, I'm trying to think of other current players that are in it, but it ends with Tom Brady as a joke where they left him in the waiting room for the auditions to be the third member of the cast for the Manning cast, and he says, well, I guess I'll just go play football again uh, now that I don't have this job. Really well done, really funny video. I thought all along when I saw Peyton teasing this, I'm thinking this is a setup to have some big payoff with a joke. 
And it was. Uh, the K-Rod broadcast has also been doing very well. These alternate broadcasts. So here's hoping that they just keep it status quo instead of trying to tinker with what's already uh, working, even if uh, the, the hosts are the same. I just want the guests to be as different as possible. I think both sports, in a strange way, kind of work the same way in terms of conversation over the game. It's easy, yeah. The way they do it, because there's so much time, especially in the NFL, where you're not, you're not playing, uh, you know, high tempo offense all the time. You're huddling. There's time in That's between good, snaps. You're right. So you're, you got a chance about to take a breath. Minutes of actual. So it's a lot of hey, what what do you like right here? You know, what are you looking for? Third and seven, and then kind of talk about the play, but then go back to story time or whatever it may be. Baseball is such a slower. They just I've watched some of the the A Rod, yeah. the K Rod cast. It's just a conversation. It's not much about the actual game. It's stories with former players. It's I like they'll, what, they'll occasionally talk about certain players in the game. I like what MLB it's not Network much about does the game itself. or has done with Smoltz and a couple of others. They'll just put them in a room and they'll just talk ball, but they're watching the game. They're yeah. trying to call the action, but they're just in a studio and they're oh, remember when this happened or this manager? Things that happened in the game spark memories and stories. And if they go on a tangent, they may miss three or four pitches. Well, I mentioned what the Braves have done this year with the all-players broadcast where Jeff Francoeur is sort yeah. of the host who's the main guy on the TV team, but it's Tom Glavin, John Smoltz joined in, Chipper Jones. It is a lot of fun, and it's a lot of stories and ribbing each other throughout the game, but it's uh, the last game they did. All the other players wore their Braves Hall of Fame jacket, oh. so Jeff Francoeur was left out. <laughs> so he had to be there in his, his normal just shirt, and everyone around him in the broadcast had like the red or the blue Braves Hall of Fame jacket on in the open. Chad, uh, you mentioned uh, the timing for both sports being good and for that broadcast. It, it sparked this. Tomorrow, I'll bring this in. There is uh, a fan, a, a reader, uh, to a site that timed out a full college football game, a marquee game, and they've changed the timing. They're trying to save time in the broadcast. They reduced the, the game by, what, 13 or 14 plays. That was the, the average if you crunch the numbers. Well, this, this fan did the math, and the game actually isn't reduced by any amount of time. The, the broadcast. The game is, but the broadcast is not. And it's a full detail as to why, how long, and when they made up time that they were trying to reduce. We can go in depth on that because Major League Baseball's crushed it. They've done a great job. The NFL tries to get their game done in three hours and five minutes. The average is like 307. College football, in this case, um, well, the entire game kicked off at 745 and ended at 1108. I'll, I'll say this, um, being at a game on Saturday, those damn commercial breaks felt like an eternity. A few times. Yeah, that's... I mean, after a kickoff, I'm thinking, is this the end of a quarter? The coaches were saying some saying. Well, soon. what is going on? There, there were times where both teams are out there. I mean, they're doing a full line of calisthenics, getting ready to play. Like, they're out on the field forever baking, and they're just stretching. <laughs> and I mean, it's like a Suzanne Summers video from back in the day. <laughs> out there waiting to get ready because uh, ESPN was on a commercial break for so long. that that We'll get into this more tomorrow. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, that he's made this his new pulpit that he's he's speaking the from the pulpit book. about this, this and responding to what chip kelly did at half, with a halftime interview man that first half flew for us i hope you got your commercials in 
said to the, the person interviewing him at halftime of the game, um, it's, it's not helpful. It's helpful if you're really trying to make the game and it's when they're flow doing it. better. But what you're doing is trying to get more commercial time in, and you're taking away from the game, actual game action. Chad, uh, I mentioned the detriment of week one and the, the feeling as a fan you may have if your team loses. And, and, and it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. Well, TCU comes back from making the college football playoff. They are crushed by Georgia and turn around and lose to Colorado. Johnny Hodges, uh, defensive player, linebacker, had this to say about the loss for the Horned Frogs. Um, I guess you can say it's a wake-up call. Uh, I don't know how losing in the national championship by 60 isn't a wake-up call, but uh, right now we're, we're definitely the laughing stock of college football. Having 22 missed tackles, um, having who knows how many missed assignments, making our defensive coordinator look awful, just making his defense look like it's a childhood kid's defense and him getting all this slack. So uh, if it's not a wake-up call, then I don't know what it is. So, First off, my initial reaction is I love this kid. I love him too. Second, second, oh, he, yes. he wins one of my alphas of the week. Second reaction, that defense – is going to be vastly better than what we saw and what they gave up. However, this is a little overboard, laughing stock of the college football world, because this is the occurrence of, hey, uh, Colorado's great. This is no fluke. That's been the narrative. Yeah. That win is no fluke. That's actually giving props to the opponent. Meanwhile, LSU manhandled. They were manhandled by Florida State. That's a different perspective on how that game went. Both, both opponents for the two teams, LSU and TCU, put up points on said defenses. TCU isn't known for giving up that uh, for a group that returns nine starters. But Johnny Hodges props, man. That's, well, a, that's the best a leader line, in the locker room. The best line the whole time, I love him. He's one of my favorite players now in college football, but was, I don't, you know, we lost by 60 in the national championship game. I don't know how that wasn't the wake-up call, but if not, this will be. That was terrific. Well said. I feel like having a speech like that sometimes after my 8U softball team plays, that, you know, I, I know what the wake-up call should be, but you know, the 8-year-olds don't know. How harsh have you actually been in, in looking back? I haven't been. Uh, no, I'm not saying you have been, but if uh, on the lighter side, how yeah. harsh has it actually risen? Uh, there are times where uh, my wife, Angie, will say, you probably don't need to say that to the whole team because I don't think they're fully Keep grasping the, right the disappointment. I think there are times when uh, adults always ruin kids' sports for kids, right? It's never the kids that ruin it. It's the adults. So you have to keep that in check and understand that. But there's times if I get in, I don't get in trouble with them, but I'm trying to convey my frustration to the players that and aren't have, fully understanding right. why they should be frustrated. Some do, some don't. But when you get in that mode of, like Johnny was right there, trying to say, you know, we lost the last game. I don't know why that wasn't the wake-up call or we weren't disappointed, but we didn't get any better. And when you try to convey that disappointment to them, then that can be a problem. I also want kids to feel disappointment in losing a sporting event, not to ruin their day or their week, but I want them to feel like, hey, I gave it my best and it wasn't good enough, so I need to be better or we need to try to be better. I mean, there should be some healthy competition with it. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, 
props to uh, Hodges. I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but uh, he also he also we'll have a youth sports symposium soon on this show. I guess they're they're ripping apart Joe Gillespie. Uh, if you're a TCU fan, you want their defensive coordinator out. He's also their linebackers coach. Well, you even heard from the player there saying, "I know we made him a look laughing back. stock. He yeah. made him look terrible in both games with all the missed tackles." Uh, Chad, imagine being at Burning Man and trying to escape. I, I, the the Chris Rock and Diplo, where Diplo has the uh, video of them being offered a ride out in a pickup truck, made made me think of Knoxville last year in the back oh, yeah. of the pickup truck because we couldn't get an Uber, uh, but. Do you remember how what much a, Clay paid the guy to put us in the back of the truck? It was like two hundred, two hundred dollars. I think. Then he said, "I'll give you two hundred dollars." The place we were staying was like three miles away. So if you drive yeah. us three miles, and uh, he was like, "Well, I got to move some things around in the truck, but get on back there. <laughs> got Man. some stuff I got to move up in the cab, but go ahead." I imagine being stranded like this, though. It was a, a savior. Brutal. The, this uh, I don't know how many pickup trucks are around Burning Man. Not tens uh, of thousands. With people from the hills of East Tennessee that are ready to give you a ride for two hundred dollars, and it, I think of it from like you have the you have those that are going for you know entertainment, then you have the entertainers, and normally the two don't collide. Yeah, and then you're the you're Chris Rock, Diplo, and others who are just among the tens of thousands stranded. You're just with them instead of just. Getting your own. Not in a big hurry to go to Burning Man. That's out. my takeaway. No. Even in a good year, not not in a big hurry to I'm go. I'm with you. Tomorrow's show. Hope you'll be in a hurry to join us. 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Thursday edition. Come soon. Join us across the Outkick Network.